0: and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. If you were at Embrace Friday night, there was a panel of communicators, and my wife played Eye of the Tiger and swung a towel around. You had to be there. (laughs) So in 2018, so some of this message will be a little familiar to you ladies, because today's message is a little bit of an an extension of the principle I was communicating at Embrace. But in 1939, uh, a company that actually made postcards made the Viewmaster. Anybody ever played with the Viewmaster? Pretty cool toy, right? Chad's middle kid, Pastor Chad's middle kid. um, I I handed it to him after, and then I had to take it back because I remembered I needed it for an illustration for Sunday. But I said, yeah, what do you think? He goes, honestly, it's a pretty cool toy. I'm like, seriously, video games who? Come on, we 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 got the View Master. I'm in space right now. Let's go. You know what's cool about this toy is it comes with little reels. And in 1939, you know, transportation isn't as accessible as it is now. I can't just, you know, jump on airplanes and travel where I want to go for 200 bucks. And, you know, it's not accessible. I don't have the internet to go on Google Images and just look at pictures of whatever I want to look at. What do I have? The Viewmaster, baby. That's what I got. (laughs) And it is is not through my smartphone. It is through my, it is not through the internet. It is through my Viewmaster that I can go see any scene I want to see. I'm back in space right now. (laughs) And all I got to do to change my scene is click. If I'm discontent, if I'm bored, if I want to go somewhere new, click. And I'm in a new space. I'm in a new area. And here's the deal. I think a life, I think our lives are a lot like Viewmasters in the sense of our life is a real and it's full of scenes each one of these little kind of black squares is a scene that i get to participate in that i get to be a part of that i get to see but what's different about the viewmaster in our lives is the viewmaster i can click out of the scene every time i want but in this reel of life sometimes you're stuck in a scene a little longer than you'd like to be it's easy to grow discontent in our scenes you know i remember a scene when I was 19 or 20 years old and most of you have, you know, my story and I've shared this. So, you know, if it falls on deaf ears, that's fine. But I basically just flunked out of college. I'm going to community college where nobody knows me and I don't know anybody. And that's foreign because I was always this big man on campus type personality. And here I am with no friends in a state that I've never really lived in. I'm new to the state. I'm working at Verizon which isn't necessarily insignificant. It's just that I'm not passionate about the work. And on top of all of that, you know I'm a part of this awesome life group and I'm getting right with the Lord and I'm getting sanctified and some things are falling off of me and I'm growing strong in the spirit. But what's so annoying is all my friends from my life group get to go to James River Church. Come on, I know y'all have probably been to James River Church. You talk about an awesome church, right? It's James River. Yeah, praise God, praise God for John Lindell and that whole ministry. But you go up, they got the lights, they got the music, they got the big building, they got Starbucks in their church, okay? And in this season, the Lord has me at a little church in Highlandville, Missouri, playing the drums on Sunday morning and he will not release me to leave. And I remember driving to this church frustrated man I'm passionate I love Jesus I want to go to church with my friends and he has me come on on Easter Sunday we got 40 people we were packing it out you know other than that it was 25 people in the room and if you sing too loud you get yelled at okay this is maybe I'm exaggerating but and I remember (laughs) one time this is bad but one time we were passing communion and there was a lady behind me and I shouldn't have done this. So granted, but I like pretended to hand her the communion plate. And then I pulled it back. Like I was joking around and she literally barked at me like a dog. It was like, oh my gosh, I made her so mad. I shouldn't have done that. But, you know, the Lord's holy. And, but yeah, maybe there was a different way she could have went about it. I don't know whose fault it is. It's all our faults. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, what were we talking about? Here I am at this church. Lord won't release me. This is where I need to be. This is where he has me to be, and I know it. And it's so strange because I can remember driving to church Sunday mornings, irritated. Abigail's with me. We're dating at the time. Yeah, if that's where we're called to be, that's where we'll go. You know, just like, Lord, why is this where we have to be? Now, that scene may sound like a vacation compared to some of the scenes that you guys find yourselves in right now. Maybe you're discontent and you're discouraged in the scene that you're in. You're sick of the loneliness that's produced from the marriage falling out. You know, maybe you're married, but you're hardly getting along and you're trying to make things things work, but it's just emotionally and physically exhausting. Maybe the kid that you raised, the kid that you love is far from the Lord and it causes anxiousness and fear. Maybe you find yourself in this season of life, you feel yourself getting older, and and you're starting to wonder, "Do, do I have the same significance in my social circles? Do I still have something to offer everybody? You know, some of us, come on, Martha's in the room this morning. Can we say hi, Martha? You know, some of us are in amazing seasons, and I think it's important to acknowledge that because God is good. And and, and yeah, we can talk about the bad seasons in church, but we also better acknowledge the good things God's doing. And I'm not saying I haven't walked through anything in the last year or so, but what I can say is in this season of life, I'm more content than I've ever been. God's been good to me. He's been good to my family. And I want to celebrate that. And I want to acknowledge that. I think it's important. The church isn't always woe me, but the reality is some of us are in a scene that we're ready to click out of. If I had to guess, Zarephath is like the the widow Elijah's rolling up on. She's like, this thing won't work, but I'm ready to click out of this scene, right? Here's this woman. She's a widow. So maybe she's processing the loss of her husband. You know, maybe she's sad. They don't get date nights anymore or whatever. She's heartbroken over the loss of her love. She's a widow. Not only that, but now she's a single mom trying to take care of this kid. Come on. I, I don't know if I got any single parents in the room, but my wife does most of the work with our kids and I'm still exhausted. So single parents, I don't know how you're holding it down, but you are to be honored in this season because that ain't, that ain't no easy task. You, you know how difficult and exhausting it is. Here she is, a widow, a single mom. She's trying to provide everything she can for a kid, but resources are running out. And she literally confesses to Elijah. We're just waiting to die. Like that's where we're at. <laughs> and then some guy shows up and he starts yelling at her to make him food. Right? Look at this. First Kings 17. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God, I don't have a single piece of bread in the house and I only have a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal and then we're gonna die. This is it for us. This is, it won't click because this is our last scene. But Elijah said, don't be afraid. Go ahead, uh, it, it, do just, just what you've said, but make a little bread for me. And then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. Like we thought our scene was bad, but this widow is in a pretty terrible scene herself. Would you agree? Now, I don't want to look at this story and I don't want to put something there that's not there. I don't I don't want to make something be that isn't existent, but I do think it's significant that she has flour, which essentially represents bread, She has a little bread, and she has a a little oil. A little bread and a little oil. You know why I love Jesus? Martha, you know why I love Jesus? Because he says all things are created through him and for him. So not only has he taken my sin, Rip me out of hell, saved me from hell, made me new and righteous in the sight of God, right? The wages of sin are death, okay? So if it's not Jesus who's going to pay for my sin, then I will pay for my sin. But he's paid the price, praise God. All I got to do is put faith in him. So not only has he covered my sin, but he's infused my life with purpose. I was created through him and for him. The word says I'm his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus anew to do good things. He prepared long in advance. To serve Jesus is the greatest privilege on earth. There's nothing better. Well, regardless of what season we're in, It doesn't matter. When we have Jesus, the victory's already won. We always have hope. Pastor Ryan, you talked about Philippians 4. Paul talks about, I can be content in every season because I know Jesus. Contentment is not found in my circumstance. Contentment is found in Christ. Amen? He's my sustainer. Essentially, if I have Jesus, then I have everything I need. The widow had bread and she had oil. I think it's interesting to drop into one of Jesus' conversations in John 6. Just observe this with me for a second. John 6. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. I, and I, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. So when the Israelites were in the desert and manna was falling out of the sky or just appearing or whatever it was, It wasn't Moses who gave it to you. It was me. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. And Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. The widow had bread okay? And she had a little cooking oil in the jar. Come on, when I put faith in Jesus, he marks me with his Holy Spirit. He puts his spirit in me. Come on, isn't that amazing? You'll see in the New Testament in James, something so interesting. James five sixteen, Oil has always represented something in the scriptures. Check this out. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? you should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call the elders of the church to come pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make them well. In the Old Testament, when we would see a king being anointed for his assignment, they always anointed with oil. Oil has always represented the presence and the power of God's spirit. Come on, is somebody seeing it? Is somebody catching it this morning? When you, when you amen, when you know Jesus, when you understand he's put his spirit in you, I know the setting might suck, but the scene is always sacred. When I got God on the inside of me, when I have a relationship with Jesus, this room is too quiet. Someone ought to praise God right now. It doesn't matter what you're walking through right now. It doesn't matter what the setting of my scene looks like. When I got the spirit of God in me, when I got relationship with Jesus, every scene is sacred. No scene is wasted. No scene is insignificant. I know you haven't liked this scene. I know maybe this scene's been hard. I know maybe you've been discouraged. I know maybe you've been anxious. I know maybe you've been lonely. I know maybe you've been so insecure, it's been crippling. I I know you've been ready to skip this scene. You've been ready to maybe click out of this scene and get into something new. But I just felt like the Lord wanted me to tell somebody this morning that your scene is sacred. Jesus has saved you. The spirit of God is sanctifying you. And our father loves you so much. He's working all things together for the good of your life because he loves you. So I know you may not love the setting of this scene, but God might be doing some of his best work right where you are. He sees right where you are. He knows exactly what you need. So you may not like your scene, but I was supposed to encourage someone this morning, something sacred's happening in your scene right now because of who's with you, because of who's in you. It wasn't Moses. It wasn't Moses who provided the bread. It was him, right? And there's some other lessons from this message that I love. Uh, Remember, Elijah is a prophet. Elijah is a man of God. Elijah has authority to speak into kings, right? God He's a prophet, which means God gives him messages and he relays the messages to people, to to the people. So the Lord told Elijah, you know, most people may have some respect for a prophet or when a prophet comes around, people get like a little nervous, like, uh uh-oh, what's the Lord gonna say? But God speaks to Elijah and tells him to go hide. Elijah's had moments where he's talking to kings and starting revivals here. And the Lord tells him, go hide. Go hide. He hangs out a creek. The creek dries up. The Lord tells him, go meet some widow. Widows aren't important. In this day, this widow isn't wealthy. She's not someone of a high social status. She's not a king. You want me to go to a widow? They're not valued by society. And reigning in this higher social class, Elijah goes from speaking with kings. God goes, go to this random village. A widow's gonna take care of you. Elijah can't even take care of himself, right? This is, this is humbling. This has to be humbling for Elijah. But what Elijah doesn't know is the Lord's got some big plans for Elijah too. Elijah, in just the next chapter, he's gonna confront by himself. He's gonna confront 450 prophets and he's gonna call down fire from heaven, right? It, it, the Lord's gonna use him in a powerful way. And we love that scene. And we'll preach on that scene. And we'll highlight that scene, right? Yeah. But being hungry, thirsty, relying on a widow, Elijah could have said, This scene sucks. And this scene is insignificant. But what Elijah didn't realize is the scene he was in was a setup. God needed to know, Elijah, will you love me, trust me, and obey me here so I can use you in 1 Kings 18. Come on, this is called stewardship. Some of y'all have been whining, griping, gossiping, whatever it is in your scene. And it's time that you started stewarding your scene, recognizing that it was sacred. Every scene is sacred. Every scene is significant because of who's with us because who's in us so not just Elijah but I want to look at the widow what does the widow have to teach us come on y'all with me this morning she's thinking my husband's dead I'm running out of resources I can't get give my own kid what he needs and then what little she does have Elijah says yeah feed me before you feed yourself what I don't even know you what do you mean But remember, he's a prophet of God. I like to think that Elijah represents the the, the person, the power, the presence of God. And he says, give it to me first, whatever little you got. I don't know how discouraging your scene might look, but when we seek him first and when we live righteously, he promises to give us everything we need. You'll notice, you'll notice she gives, serve me first, Elijah, in essence, give God your first. And then the oil and the bread never run out. Yep. It didn't look like a lot, but it never ran out. He's willing to sustain us in every scene. She gave, she gave out of the little she had and she never ran out. And here's the lesson in that, to obviously keep God first, but we have to understand that. Um, you know. And, and then what I think is so interesting is not only w- would she provide, but she would sustain the man that essentially would defeat 450 prophets. Right? She didn't know that. But if we will steward the scene that we're in, we, we will come to the realization that every scene we're in is significant. No scene is insignificant. Worship team, you can come. And the reason I know this is because, and again, a lot of y'all have heard this story, so I'm not catching you by surprise in any way here. But I love to remember the faithfulness of God and talk about the faithfulness of God too. Because here I am, flunked out of college, going to this church God won't release me from. And one of my most discouraging, discontent, and dull scenes of my life, feeling like a failure, feeling like I wouldn't be a part of anything significant. My whole life, people have told me, God has awesome things for me. My whole life, people told me how gifted I was and, and the awesome things he was gonna do. And here I am thinking, is this what life is going to be for me? Were these the awesome plans that God had for me cuz I'm just not feeling that right now. I'm at this little church that the Lord won't release me from. But it would be at that church. Where three kids sitting on a pew. I'd get invited to speak to three kids sitting on a pew. And I'd preach to three kids. And then it would turn into this a couple of years later. And you know why? I'm not saying I had the best attitude and look at me and I did everything right. But I just think the lesson is if we will steward the scene that God has placed us in, there's something significant happening in every scene. So I know you've been discouraged. I know maybe you've been worried. But open your eyes, believer open your eyes you have a sustainer you have a God who makes every scene sacred you have no idea what God's doing in this season but he's doing some of his best work in you right now come on and my assignment this morning was to tell somebody in the room you are not too old You are not too dumb. You are not too broken. You are not too broke. You're not too insecure. For God in His grace to save you, sanctify you, and use you for significant work in His kingdom. My assignment this morning was to tell you even when your setting sucks, it's sacred. Come on, authentic contentment has never been found in the vapor of our circumstance. Authentic contentment always comes from Christ, always comes from the bread of life and the oil of joy. Come on, somebody needs to sing.